Okay. He's Scott. He's Lee. And Mark Mark's is here. here. Woo! <laughs> and we're here to save the movies. Episode, episode 25. Hudson Hawk. I, we just saw it and I had to look at my notes. Um, I don't know why we decided we had to say the movie title together. <laughs> we don't. I don't know how we decide. We just do it. Just I, like I, anything in this. I thought it was charming. <laughs> oh, well. So, so my friend. Being, I'm sorry for being a cynical ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've been doing this for 25 no, episodes. Bad. No one can maintain the enthusiasm that long. <laughs> You know, one day you wake up and you're like, what am I podcasting for, man? I don't even know what you're talking about. I still find you delightful. (laughs) Well, I know that we have the Penn and Teller relationship, but we don't really care for each other. But that's why it works so well on the podcast. Yeah, it's just all about the money. Yeah, it's all about about the fame. I'm in it for the chicks, man. And uh, (laughs) anyway, so friend of the podcast... Mark Finn is here. Hi, everybody. Gentleman uh, nerd. Yes. yes. Gentleman nerd. Bon vivant. Raconteur and ne'er do well. And he's our first official guest star that's not related to us. That's right. I have not slept with either one of the co-hosts. Not for lack of trying. I w- I w- if they'd send me some way special, I would be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. That's not off the table Sleep, fully yet. Sleep your way to the bottom. That's exactly right. <laughs> To be fair, we didn't know it was on the table. <laughs> oh, it's on the table. So it's it's on the table. So uh, Mark is uh, I know Mark uh, as a writer, but also we we met on the con scene. Yes. Um. Uh. Been how long has it been now? Like, let's call it seven years. Okay, seven years. Uh, Mark is one of my favorite people at the cons. The rest of them suck. <laughs> no, and uh, you know uh, who you are, uh, Mark. <laughs> Is the guy that I can talk to about obscure bullshit who knows what I'm talking about, uh, and uh, and I think that's worth talking about. He's a, a great writer. Um, uh, he's also a Robert E. Howard scholar. Thank you. Yes, I prefer the term Howardist. Howardist. Um, and uh, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark? Hey, uh, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, but I prefer to think of myself as an Earth rooster. <laughs> Um, I'm also, uh, my wife and I own a movie theater in North Texas, a little town called Vernon. And, uh, we've had it for 10 years now. Uh, as, uh, as has been uh, intimated, I do write, uh, I've done, uh, books and comics and, uh, essays. And I, this year I won an award, uh, that was given out by the, uh, Associated Press of Texas Managing Editors. Uh, for I'm one of the best reviewers of, of movie critics in the state of Texas, according to Sweet. them. Sweet. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I, now, there's three categories, and I'm in category three, which is like newspapers that are put out, you know, in very small towns. Category one would be your Houston Chronicles and your Austins. Category <laughs> two would be like your Dentons and your Wacos. <laughs> category three... Vernon, Dime Box, <laughs> uh, Cut and Shoot, uh, Hole in the Fence, Gun Barrel City, and, and there in, in that category, I uh, I was voted uh, uh, best reviewer. You are also um, founder and editor of Skelos. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a co-founder oh. and a managing editor. Okay, yeah, of Skelos Press, uh, and uh, and and I podcast with the Gentleman Nerds. That's little, right. Little shout out to my uh, to my other podcast. So. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. This is great. I'm really excited about this movie. It was his suggestion, Mark. We were like, "What?" He was right away. He was like, oh, "I know what movie I want to do." Yep. 
<laughs> yep, uh, Hudson Hawk, an under uh, an underappreciated genius, M- much maligned in its time. Actually, it's one of those movies. I think it's one of those movies. There's a lot of movies we review that it's like when we did Xanadu. I felt like everyone has an opinion about Xanadu, but no one's ever seen Xanadu. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You just know it as this kind of infamous right movie. And yeah. Hawks, Hudson Hawk's the same thing. Absolutely. Everything changes for Bruce yes, Willis. Yes. And the very next year... Yeah, he wasn't an action hero before that. No, no. This was the thing. This was the... If you read all the reviews, Bruce Willis has finally found his groove. Bruce Willis finally finds his home. Blah, blah, blah. He goes and makes um, one other thing. Oh, in country. Very quiet, um, critically acclaimed movie that nobody saw where he's, <laughs> he's he plays... Where he actually acts in that. Then he makes Die Hard 2. Now... <laughs> Die Hard and Die Hard 2 or Joel Silver? Um, Joel Silver was the same producer on right. this. Yes. Those were the same guy. <laughs> yes, this was his. I'm just yes. shocked that Die Hard and Die Hard 2 were the same guy. Oh, he's being funny. Okay, and so so what happens is... <laughs> I try sometimes. He does the... So he so the, the, basically he talks Silver into this and said, all right, let's, I've got this yeah. thing. It's a story I want to do. I think it would be really cool. And I'm like, all right. So he shows them the movie. And the first thing they're they're like, this is like this is a diehard. This isn't even close. <laughs> so they cut all of the trailers to look like diehard. <laughs> and it's Bruce Willis jumping and Bruce Willis blowing up and, and On Hudson Hawk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 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 foreign market trailers had more funny stuff in it. But there was one but what there's like the, the like the whole thing is is serious and then there's one shot in the in the commercial and it may have been one that they cut back to later where he grabs a cigarette and goes, ooh, menthol, and throws it away. <laughs> right? Everybody came to this expecting Die Hard 3. It, oh, oh, it's John McClane as a thief. Oh, okay, I get it. And then when it wasn't Die Hard 3, people lost their minds. Yeah, this reminds me of Lost Speed Racer. But this was... <laughs> well, because the Wachowskis made The Matrix. Right. And people went to Speed Racer expecting... Right. I don't know. <laughs> the Matrix again, I guess. Yeah. And and what the, so what I like about this, this was probably the last time he plays a very likable guy that's shades of David Addison from Moonlighting. It's his, this is his charming. Yeah. yeah rascal, off the cuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. Your Jersey guy kind of guy. And, and uh, it only looks smarmy because hmm? you came in in the you middle. At the beginning, smart. it's he's not smarmy. He's only, he only gets smarmy when Andy McDowell's in the room. Because chicks love it. <laughs> the ladies, the ladies <laughs> love the smarmy Bruce. I think this is working pretty well. Um, your yeah, lo- you your levels checking? are okay because you're both very loud people. <laughs> <laughs> is is I mean, it working okay well, for you? Well, well, well. <laughs> That's what I meant to say there. We're professional presenters. Uh huh. We no, you're do enunciating, this. projecting. Yes. I'm doing none of those things. <laughs> My worst thing. Have we started? Re- have you started recording this? Yeah. Oh boy, this is exciting. <laughs> well, we didn't do our thing. We're basically doing the podcast. Oh, well, we gotta do our thing so though. We gotta do. I better record. <laughs> we gotta. We're gonna. I want to leave this in, but we're gonna record the intro and act like we did, and then we're gonna skip it, and put it back in front. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Editing okay. magic. Oh my god! We'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in post. All right. What episode is this? Twenty some. This is twenty five. Twenty five. Uh, if we're counting Nico. Hey, it's the 25. silver. Sure, we'll count. We'll count Nico. <laughs> it's the silver podcast, and we're talking about a gold machine. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> yeah, I believe that. 
feel like you get a card for a free sub or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I guess were we still doing best thing? Yeah, we got ours. Uh, Mine is everyone. All the actors that. are really going for it, and my worst thing is that the character plot kind of is just shuffling things around without really any care about making sense. What, yeah, and I don't know what marks it. My worst thing is that the, the, there's several instances of cartoon humor where they're specifically doing a, a Warner Brothers style yeah. slapstick, and 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 it falls flat. Well, I see that. Yeah, I think it's, the problem is actually that there's not that many, and they're very right. jarring. When they yeah, go. that that was that was the thing is is if, if all of the movie had had it, and 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 it had been like with a sound effect or something to kind of let us know, all right, we're we're in Toontown. That'd have been one thing. <laughs> it's a super weird transition. But yeah, that that fight with him and James Coburn, for example, it's kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my least favorite thing about it. Uh, as I said, you know, I thought I was prepared to write about how many times he breaks the fourth wall, and then he doesn't. Right, because even when he says that thing about sure, that's probably what happened. That's not breaking the fourth wall because he's not talking to the audience directly. Right, I was it's, impressed with how slow were about it. Yeah, um, I mean, for the nineties especially, that was like. <laughs> That's off, man. You know, the That's '90s was not some dark ages where we rode stegosaurs to school and and fought grizzlies with a loosely. Everything was extreme, though. <laughs> yeah, I lived through it. I had the I saw the no fear shirts and the, the Sonic the Hedgehogs. <laughs> What's Nintendo? That's the way to summarize the '90s, right there. What's Nintendo? Well, Sega does, but Nintendo don't. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's nice. They were edgy. That's good. Kids with the hair over one oh eye. <laughs> All right. So uh, I didn't mean to keep talking. We can. We no, can no, no, no. I think no, we're already started. We'll, 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 we'll edit it. We'll fix it in post. Fuck it. It's absolutely uh, because it came out on the heels of Bruce Willis's success in Die Hard and Die Hard 2, which were. Uh, for those of you under the age of forty-eight, monster <laughs> hits at the time. I'm I mean, they, they, they were they were they were major major things for Bruce Willis. It, it, it completely redefined his career. It put him on the path to being kind of the Hollywood legend and icon that he is today. Uh, it's why they made six of them, you know, because <laughs> they kept going back to that well. Um, but but at the time, uh, he'd only had one other hit, and that was a TV show called Moonlighting. Uh, which is probably yeah it was it was very much it's probably see, Scott, this is why Mark's gonna replace you because you don't get it man you don't get it no I see the arc of how I'm getting squeezed out <laughs> you guys are gonna start talking about Flint McSpy man or some crap and we're just gonna quietly leave the room James Coburn was in the Great Escape yeah. But uh, he'd only done Moonlighting. And in Moonlighting, he plays like a, a detective at the uh, opposite Civil Shepherd. It's actually very much like uh, Hudson Hawking in that yeah. uh, Moonlighting had those. Uh, there's actually more breaking the fourth wall in, in Moonlighting. Than Absolutely. It was. Yes. And it's still, but like Moonlighting's whole twist was that it was uh, a romantic comedy detective show, but that one that didn't take itself too seriously. Right. So Hudson Hawk is actually really close to those roots. I never, yeah, you know what? I literally did not just think about that until just now. Yeah, it's a it's a throwback to Moonlighting. It's sort of like his last gasp of being fun. He'd also just come off of an album. Being fun. Well, because he 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 did. Oh yeah, Return to Bruno. He did he did this Bruno thing, which was this album that he. <laughs> I love it. 
Maybe I maybe we shouldn't talk anymore, Scott. I don't no, know, man. No, no. You don't get the Please. obscure Bruce Willis <laughs> he album did, references. He, he did an album. It, it was a TV special called uh, "The Return of Bruno," <laughs> where they actually got people like Ringo Starr to come on and pretend that Bruce Willis was this very famous guy named Bruno that actually influenced them. You know, the Bee Gees came on and they were like, oh, yeah, Bruno. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, but we, we were really sorry about what happened to him. And, and the whole thing was built around this idea of like, you know, we're going to give Bruce Willis an album and let him sing. Uh, play harmonica. He play, play harmonica. harmonica. He, he actually is a, he, he's yeah. a competent harmonica player and has sat in and done stuff at the House of Blues with Dan Aykroyd. But uh, he had a whole lot. Look it up, guys. Return of Bruno. It's probably on sale for like 12 cents and a Bitcoin. Uh, somewhere on the internet, a bit, Bitcoin's worth but a lot. Actually, his 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 cover of Under the Boardwalk. Did we ruin is that really for good. you, Scott? Up, up we ruined it. <laughs> He's nerd. Worth like forty five hundred dollars now. <laughs> oh, oh, see, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you kids are talking about with your hip Hollywood lingo. <laughs> I, I thought bitcoins were actually worthless. Still, so that was the new happening. I did. I, I thought I thought we were having an, a, 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 a happening, and it was freaking me out. All right. So maybe it's not worth a bitcoin. Maybe it's actually worth real American dollars, which is probably only worth twelve cents now. Anyways, return of Bruno. Sorry, but he just he just come off of that. And so what's funny is is they got him and Danny Aiello singing in this movie. You know. Yeah. And they're doing. It's it's not the bad. same. No, he's great. It's the same kind of. Well, it's not. You know what? He's one of those. He's one of those performers that sings. He because of his personality and his charisma, he carries it off. He's a better yeah. performer than he is singer. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's. I mean, that's part of performing anyway. There's, right, there's right. Yeah. comedians that like do that. That are that are not that funny, but they're good at performing. People yes. would love this guy uh, in a karaoke bar. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he'd slay. Yeah, <laughs> and I also think that what's showing here that's uh, kind of forgotten. I think about Bruce Willis, especially. Maybe you're right about the change, but he he when he has a good co-star with chemistry. Yes, he works really well with them. Yes, um, I mean that was the whole thing with <laughs> Sybil Shepherd and and. Uh, you know, was that they work so well together, and when they got mad at each other, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting because that sort of dynamic is the same thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I think uh, I think he and Daniela were probably friends beforehand. If they're not, they they sold it. If they I mean, are, they yeah. still, yeah, they they absolutely sold it. I so. think that's part of why this movie is so fun is um, they're just having so much fun on screen watching them. <laughs> it's and, hard. And, it's and, hard to not like that. <laughs> no, it is, and and especially because they're doing like this Jersey New York tough guy. Yeah. You know, uh, the, I, I love I love the cadence busting with which they balls. cussed. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're busting each other's balls and they're cussing and you know, uh, there's the, there's such a bounce. That I'm gonna rip your fuck. Getting head off, you know. It's, a pink, a pink, a it's like it's like watching a basketball go down the stairs. There's just a it's a musical way to swear. It's so nice. Y'all are no, I'm totally no, serious. I'm, I'm on your side. I know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Ever. It is. You don't see that kind of thing so much. Not anymore. Not anymore. These, These kids days. today with their jazz records and the roller skates, they don't know how to bounce the fucking their jazz basketball. cigarettes. <laughs> The clove cigarettes and their Cure albums, um, the electronic bongs hanging around. Their, they're, they're, I, I their glow sticks. I, I'm I'm a fan of your podcast, so I know there is a structure, however loose. <laughs> we should probably admit right. to it. Well, let's talk about the uh, best thing. And uh, Mark, you go ahead and go first. What's your best thing about the movie? Uh, I I think I probably intimated it earlier. But okay, let well, me just form. Let me just form that. It's a, <laughs> It's an early comic caper, which I love, you know, for this type of uh, film. I love comic heists. And it's made right before Bruce Willis 
really got to be too big for his britches. So it's, I feel like it's the last time he really had a chance to have fun hmm. in a movie. I can see that. Before he had to be an action star. Yeah, yeah. The drama if, action if, if star. You, it, it's, it's really the line in the sand. If you look at the rest of the stuff after that, he doesn't get funny again for a long time. Not till the sixth sense. <laughs> Is that just me? I read it that way. <laughs> until Die Hard 5. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's kind of funny that one by accident. Right. Did you just kill a helicopter with a car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the line. Uh, that's it's a, famous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, my best thing is... I might be paraphrasing. <laughs> My best line thing is every actor in this movie is going for it. Mm-hmm. I got to give them credit. Yeah. Every actor. Uh, we have uh, young David Caruso. Yes, baby face David <laughs> I Caruso. I love David Caruso. As <laughs> Kit little, Kat. Little David Caruso. <laughs> as Kit Kat, who's like a weird spy, sort of. It's very weird. He does not say a word. He does not movie. say a word. He has weird costumes. He's just like a weird character. He's, and, a, he's a cross between Bugs Bunny because he's always changing right. clothes real fast. <laughs> And and the coyote because he's handing people signs. That's right. Yeah, and uh, and uh, James Coburn and all the and Sandra Bernhard and oh, I can't remember the other guy, but the other guy like the two evil geniuses. I mean, they're a full evil genius mode. Yes, they're not holding back. No, no, they're on eleven. Yep. Sandra Bernhardt went on to more stuff than the <laughs> other guy. They look at one on stuff. I can't think of other things. Well, what other things does Sandra Bernhardt do that you're excited about? Uh, I don't know. I've seen her in stuff. <laughs> Don't grill me, man. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> was the subtlety of the, the fourth wall breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about this a little beforehand. Um, we both remembered there being more right. like explicit fourth wall breaks in this movie. And I think it's just because it was pretty obvious they were in there, but they weren't explicit. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. They used a light touch, and I was really kind of impressed. They were that. really more like a sides. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, or it makes Deadpool seem kind of hand fisted. <laughs> well, but Deadpool's a different different style because sure. you know it's he's definitely it's more on the nose. Well, De- Deadpool's Shakespearean because <laughs> that's what Shakespeare does all the time. That hack. <laughs> so I was trying to elbow you a little bit. He's always, yeah. someone's always like, you know, Shakespeare's a great writer. I'm like, he just had the character stop and tell us how they're feeling. That's the worst writing. <laughs> if, I, if I did that, I'd have gone straight into the round for <laughs> That's right. I sent that off to a publisher. Rejected. <laughs> and what's with this weird rhyme scheme? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, sad yet relieved <laughs> it's not like jersey swearing <laughs> which which are worse things got um i didn't like that they were hitting on goat cheese pizza <laughs> <laughs> i like goat cheese pizza <clears throat> he doesn't really hate on it he doesn't like it that's a sure. character choice very snarky a character game, portraying uh, emotion is not the movie portraying that emotion. A lot Scott. of snark aimed to go cheese. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> a villain could do something. That doesn't mean the movie endorses it. That's true. He's a flawed protagonist, and that's one of his flaws: is he doesn't like goat cheese pizza. Although he does crack on Danny Aiello when he's trying to get him to pick up the phone. Come on, you pick up the phone, you goat cheese eating son of a. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's an insult in this world yeah. of the 90s. 
in, in, in Vatican City, 1991, yeah. I did wonder why you uh, threw down your notebook and walked away at that scene for a little bit. You didn't come back for another five minutes. Yeah. Had to go settle Had to down. Spit. Had to go to your angry dome. <laughs> Is that that yurt I saw back? I wonder what that was. My worst thing is that it's kind of a weird thing to complain about in this movie since it's pretty much just an excuse to have a bunch of set pieces and funny interactions. I wish the plot had a little bit more motivation for Hudson that basically he gets knocked out, <laughs> wakes up somewhere else, someone tells him to do something, and he complains about it, then he does it. Yeah. <laughs> then he gets knocked out, or if somebody gets captured. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's not really, this is not a really complex plot. Right. But I wish he had a little bit more motivation than, well, I'm here now. <laughs> Even Bugs Bunny had the thing where it's like the bull like would hit him, you know, charge into him, hits him in the ass. And he's flying through the air and he's like, well, now this means war. Right. At least Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair cop. You know, it's uh they keep they keep threatening his family and his friends, and then he finds out everybody's in on it anyways, and he's like, eh, all right, well, yes, I guess so. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> It'd be rude. It's the weird thing where it's like, oh, we need you to break into the Vatican. No, I don't want to. Come on, you're going to do it anyway. All right. <laughs> Not I mean, unless you knock me out. <sighs> because, you know, I get it. It's like uh, movie logic. Story logic is, of course... It's going to happen because otherwise it'd be a really weird movie. <laughs> just, just end at the end. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh, well, never mind then. That's that's a weird choice. That is a choice. They just didn't bother coming up with the... Uh, they just didn't bother motivation. coming up with the... the they are like, well, he's going to do it anyway. Okay. So, Mark, what was your worst thing? The cartoon humor. There's a, there, there's a couple of times where they actually devolve from sort of a shtick into, a, into like an outright... It's it's almost a cartoon level of violence, like like on the Popeye movie, you know. Uh, yeah, but that was consistent. Right, right, right. Well, and, I get what you're and, saying. And the difference is, is that it's it's really jarring and and kind of out of place in the movie because it's only in a couple of places when the rest of the movie has people actually blowing up. Right. Well, the violence in this is 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 uh, I mean, not really really bad, but it is jarring when it happens. It's, like it's enough. Yeah. 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 I'm not, you know, I remember that's the thing that I, I forgot. I, I remember there was violence in it. But like, yeah, I forgot that I forgot the level of gore, which yeah. wasn't it's not a super extreme, but it is a little unusual. Right. Because that's sort of the thing is like it's like watching a Looney Tunes and somebody like if like Bugs Bunny got shot and he was like, oh, my God, my face. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of changes the whole tone. <laughs> the episode where Bugs Bunny breaks his arm, the bones stick it out. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> 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 But yeah, some of those parts are... <laughs> I'm just picturing it now. That's going to be like an urban legend. <laughs> the one Luffy the one yeah. Well, everybody knows that's why he's always asking, what's up, Doc? He, he doesn't want to break his arm again. He's just making sure before the shit goes down that I've got someone who's on standby in case this thing goes sideways. <laughs> what's nervous. up, or Doc goes pear-shaped. I want someone to be able to put this thing back together again, man. Like real nervous, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> What's up, Doc? You gonna come at me? It's like a spider monkey. <laughs> oh my god! This is almost a better movie than we watched. <laughs> so watch that. Call us Hollywood. Uh, yeah, Mark, we're writing. Hey, Mark will join us. We'll do it. 
I get what you mean about the violence, um, because some of it was more cartoony than others. Right. Other parts. Uh, right. And there'd be like a sound effect. Well, something. even even the um, even the implication of violence is interesting because there's that part where they talk about like where they the CIA broke into the place and killed some of the guards, and he's like, "Well, if you'd just done your job, those guys wouldn't be alive." It's very casual, but it's kind of like, "Oh my God, people died." Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people who die, they're bad guys. So even though it's violent, you're like, ah, he's a bad guy. Who cares? But there's a couple of times when somebody like that auctioneer, like his worst crime is that he's a little harumphy. Yeah, that's right. And he's got one of the worst deaths in this movie. Yeah, he blows he blows up real good. <laughs> I mean, you get to see his arm flying around. Yep. yep. It's like sp- they're cut from two different movies. One's like really dark. <laughs> yes. And the other is just a cartoon. It makes me think that that was something that was put in. I, I, I really like to know kind of how, the, how this stuff got edited together because – it makes me think that that Silver's guys took a look at it and said, "Oh, we got to diehard this up a little bit." I'd be surprised. That's I, mean, I mean, it's just a theory, but but gotta go for that R. Typically, with some of the well, yeah, well, <laughs> we, we were gonna get it with the f bombs anyways, uh, but there's no nudity, and so it makes me. I mean, you know, um, granted, there's no headshots, but the way that the well, there are two guys that are shot in the head, but it's not right, that right. Graphic. But you just you just see a little yeah, you see a little black spot right. appear and then they fall down. But then when the guy gets beheaded and it splashes on Hawk's shirt, yeah. that, that, head, that guy beheading, gets his whole throat, his that beheading throat, yeah. looks like an insert shot. You know, It's interesting. Yeah. There's yeah. an early scene with uh, Bruce Willis where it seems like he's dubbed over himself saying oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is weird, maybe. Which yeah. is it, curious. It, when, he, when, he, when, when he locks the guy in, yeah. uh, it, he, it, that's totally a – that was an overdub for Go Fuck Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is – Absolutely. Maybe maybe yeah, that was a test audience thing. Maybe test audiences said we're like, oh, we don't like him being mean to his friend. Too many fucks. Well, the, <laughs> too many fucks. The, to hit the limit. Fucks. It's it's a, it, all right. This is this is weird. Uh, <laughs> well, well, it's only been, I, I, this is like a professional thing uh, <laughs> that I know this. Yeah. Uh, in PG thirteen movies, you can have one. Right. We've talked about this. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so it's interesting that that. That they dubbed over, go fuck yourself. But all the other times, or I'm going to rip your fucking head off. Can you fucking believe it? In other right. words, there are adverbs that modify what you can and how you can. Right. <laughs> as opposed to you go do that thing. And so that maybe they were shooting at one point for a PG-13 and they just left that scene in. And then inserted it. the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or undub it. Or, undub it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Re-undub it. I'd be interested to know what. The sequence of events was there. We'll never know the mysteries. <laughs> we will never know. Yeah, I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> well, I have <laughs> some effort. Hey, I, Google I, it. <laughs> pass. <laughs> That's the extensive laziness of the modern era. <laughs> I don't want to type. <laughs> As a writer, sometimes I'll be like, "How far is the moon?" I could Google it. I just guess. I'm from. I'm sure. Try. <laughs> Ballpark it. Ballpark it. <laughs> Fourteen miles. <laughs> um, Richard Grant. Uh, was opposite Sandra Bernhard as Darwin Mayfield. Yeah, you've okay. seen him on lots of things. Yeah, he's been he's in my head because it had been so long and he had the same type. I kept picturing Alan Cummings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nightcrawler in the original X Men mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. movie, and wasn't he in Josie and the Pussycats? Yes, and he was in uh, <laughs> Whitey. He was Whitey in Josie and the Pussycats. I'll just go do something else. For oh me. my god. Josie the Pussycats. Come on, man. It's a classic. You guys, that could be the next one. I'm tell- it's, gonna go- it's on my list of movies oh, I want to do because oh, I love Josie.
So it's that thing. And here's the, the the real tragedy is that I have an Amazon Echo, which plays every friggin' song in the universe. The Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack is not on there. It will not play it. It can't find it. It's bullshit. That is it's bullshit. It got reissued recently. So I'm hoping that'll put the update. Wow. Wow. I hope, yeah, here's hoping, man. That's that's a great soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Uh, yeah, you should be able to do that. Anyways, yeah, Grant's been <laughs> in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, he's a working actor. He's a working character actor. Uh, and and the the rest of the guys uh, who are in the um, in the in the candy bar gang. Oh yeah, are all uh, have now gone on to major major things, or at least David Crusoe thought he was going to go on to major major things. <laughs> Decided he was too big for his britches, and it happens all the made time. A right? Series of movies with Linda Fiorentino. Uh, that did not do well and is now back on TV where he belongs, David. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta punch little, your weight, David. There's a little, there's a little tear coming down his face right now. I, I can see it. It's right here behind his sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I guess some actors shouldn't be in the movies. David Crusoe. Yeah. Like, it's funny to watch him in this movie because he's kind of just doing, like, a weird kind of mime kind of character. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is like his art when you watch him in, like, NY, was it NYPD Blue that he started? And then he, yep. then you watch him later on in uh, Miami, CSI Miami. I always like David Crusoe because, to me, he's, like, uh, like people make fun of Shatner. Oh, but right. for me, Crusoe is that because he's always acting. Yeah. <laughs> you see me acting. That's right. It's just, like... You were like, uh, would you like coffee, sir? Well, then. <laughs> I guess I will have one to go. Ah! <laughs> it's like... That's <laughs> 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 what I feel like. It's like, cool it. Sometimes acting is just being normal. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> uh, can is I get it? extra sugar? Woo! <laughs> 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 I love the cast, the list on here. Uh, I'm looking on IMDb, and uh, they've, they've got the guy for Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Apprentice, Guy on Donkey. Uh, <laughs> Mona Lisa got a credit. That's good. Cool. Uh, guy yeah. on Donkey things. Uh, kind of uh, Mario's driver. Monty Python. Yeah, well, he's, he's, our, he's, our, he's our way in, isn't he? You know, he's our <laughs> <I> window. <guess. laughs> John Savadin is the auctioneer who loses an arm. And, and, very a, and a hit body. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> very, very harumphy. Oh, should we, should, we have, should we have said something about this 26-year-old movie? <laughs> Spoiler alert. We like to. Man, we like you know, to give our isn't that crazy? The, it's the crazy when you think about it. Like, like a, a quarter of a century old this movie is. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> It's like it's like when you you realize something like I because I still get upset when something takes place in the year two thousand because I'm always like L.A. the two year two thousand I'm like the future right <laughs> and then I'm always oh wait no they're just telling me it's in the past yeah. <laughs> that was seventeen there's years no ago. robots or anything oh, it's, this is actually telling me it's the opposite I still don't have food pills and jetpacks <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you like the movie? I'm curious now. Oh yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Okay, good. I enjoyed it more than I than I I I thought. I remember enjoying it when I saw it in the theater. I saw this in the theater. Yeah. Because I'm a maverick. I don't follow the rules. <laughs> That's right. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I enjoyed it, but I found that I've enjoyed it more. And maybe it's because of it, we were we were talking before the podcast, and one of the things that Scott said was that like all the movies that we do, we feel like there's this thing about respecting the audience or at least passion of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like that's really comes across in this is that, yes, it's a goofy movie, but it feels like, in particular Bruce Willis, but everybody feels like they, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. And they <laughs> care, not exactly care about like making an all-time classic, but they care about making a movie that's enjoyable. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool ideas and there's a lot of thought that's put into it. And I think, I think it comes across in that way. And I think it's, I think you're right. Once you get past the initial reaction that you expect, I think you can see a movie that's got a lot of charms, a lot of charm in it. Yeah, it's 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 a. I think it was for him a, an attempt to try and do more of a Cary Grant kind of a thing. I can see uh, that. You know, where he's where he's a lighter character. He never really, even when he's angry, he doesn't get tough in this. You know, he's he never he doesn't do any of the stuff that he's known for. You know, it's not Butch Coolidge. It's not the guy from Last Man Standing. It's not uh, it's not the cop on the water. Uh, that can't solve the mystery and has to be on the boat. Uh, <laughs> striking distance. Striking distance. Thank striking you. Striking distance. You know, it's none of that, man. I mean, he's he's literally just he's, pl- he's, play- he's playing a guy from Jersey who likes uh, the American Songbook and uh, likes to drink cappuccino. Likes to have fun and, and hit on doing cat burglars. Yeah. Like and, and if I can and if I can set these uh, elaborate heists up with Rube Goldberg style contraptions and. You know, seemingly innocuous items. More, more's the better. You know, so yeah, that was uh, that was what I liked about it. Of course, and and again, my I'm unapologetically, I'll I'll watch a shitty heist movie because <laughs> it's a heist movie. Even if I even if I as I'm watching, I'm like, this is pretty shitty. <laughs> I could I could I could have written this better. You know, but, but, but you're I'll, like, I'll, we'll, we'll see where this I'll, goes. Yeah, let's see, let's see if this <laughs> right. let's see if this gets unshitty. I'm the same way about like monster movies, where I'm just like, right. Oh, this this movie stupid. Well, the is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a pretty cool monster. Yeah, they're doing the they're doing well the well designed monster. They're, locking, they're picking the locks correctly. I, I get points for that, yeah. I guess. You know, yeah. I'll I'll find something to like in all of them, but uh, uh, this had just enough. And I, and I also can I can I get real for here for a second? <laughs> can I, can I, confession time. This is I where was, I wish we had uh, soundboard so we could. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, yeah, this is music. this is the, the this is the underplay here. I was. A huge Bruce Willis fan in high school. I mean, huge. <laughs> I there, because I I thought in my heart of hearts that I was going to grow up to be him. <laughs> not 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 who he became, David Addison. Like you know, like yeah. I, I based a lot of my high school personality on being the guy that that was going to be too likable for anybody to want to bust. And and it I kind of paid off. You know what's interesting is. Uh, uh, David Addison is a is a quintessential American character. Yes, he is. And it's interesting because I was watching the uh, some documentary or something or whatever, whatever it doesn't matter what I was watching. But they were talking about like what well, there was between like British and American comedy and all that. Right. And they talked about how like in British comedy, American comedy is about like you're the cool guy. Yeah, you're not cool, but you're still kind of cool. You're still smart. You're still clever. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of likes you even if they don't like you. Yeah. And the British one is is almost about humiliation, about you suck. <laughs> Even when you think you're cool, you're not. Right. And I thought that sort of defines both, and that defines Great Britain in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it defines America in a lot of ways, because we all think, you know, we all know assholes in real life who are like, nobody likes you, but they're all like, ah, no, everybody really likes me. I'm just, <laughs> you know, because I'm cool. Yeah. And like, no. But so, so you know, it's kind of building yourself on that archetype. Right. It's going to be related to what stages our respective empires are in. <laughs> it, it also, it also, where you grew up too, and what you did, to, right? To get yeah. Real I, yeah, I, I yes. think it's, I think it's no secret that in the first season of The Office, uh, it nearly got canceled because nobody really liked 
Michael Scott. And it wasn't until they started hum- yeah. humanizing him that he started to become likable. And whereas they never really do that in the office, the British right. version. No, they never they do. The, American, he just, the first season of the American office is too similar to the British. Yeah, right. it's too much for the U.S. <laughs> uh, he does. He doesn't get good until uh, the take your daughter to work day, and he brings in the tape where he is on camera as a kid in the suit and talking about how he wants to he wants to have all these kids and have everybody that likes him and he wants to be married forever and ever, and <laughs> and and he and everybody's looking at him and realizing just how sad that is, and he doesn't. It, he doesn't get it at first. That was the that was the right. moment I fell in love with Michael Scott. Like, right. oh wow, you totally don't get it. But sure. David, just to take this back, David Addison fulfills that role of trickster. Yeah, and that's and that's that's what, what tends to be what we value more than anything. We're the guys that like to take the piss out of the British. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and, right, and which is the, the again the auctioneers like. Part of me will I explode. <laughs> The uh, that, uh, in, uh, one of our earliest traditions uh, of of American humor was uh, the is the um, Daniel Boone frontier frontiersman, and always uh, taking the, the the greenhorns from back east. These are the guys with the money who've put on the airs and and just putting them through the works because you know uh, we know more than they do, but we're gonna you know we're gonna have some fun with them at their expense. <laughs> And that's Addison, man. Um, and he doesn't even really get likable until Mark Harmon comes along and tries to steal Civil Shepherd. I was really into this show. <laughs> oh my God, you have no show. idea. It was it was it was, it was one of the biggest shows on TV. Well, I, you know, my favorite episodes were the uh, ones where they focus on the uh, other guy. Oh, the guy was oh, Herbert played, Viola, who played Booger. Yeah. Herbert Viola and Agnes in the Depesto. Range of the Nerds, and they they have their own little special episodes. <laughs> they do. They, they, they oh, Herbert, the the Herbert and Agnes episodes are some of the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're missing awesome. out on a whole cultural thing, man. And what was cool about well, what was the thing about the, the gimmick about the show was that the two of them, I'll just, I'll just they had an on again, off again romance that was never really like it wasn't a romance. It was like they kept acting like they were attracted to each other, but they wouldn't seal the deal. And this became this would they or won't they kind of a deal. And it, and it drove the show. People were tuning in every week to see if she was finally going to like admit that she's got a thing for him. Or if he was finally going to swallow his pride and say, yeah, I'm crazy about you. And it, and honestly, I wish they'd never done it. Because literally they did it as the season finale of like season four. And then they come back with season five. And you know what happened? They lost half the audience. Yeah. Because exactly. everyone went, oh, finally they get together. <laughs> click. And it... And and honestly, you could have ended it there, and it would have been a happy ending. But they had to try to squeeze one more. That's season what they do, out, and they just screwed it all up. That's one you thing I don't me? like about American TV versus British um, American series. Don't know when to quit. <laughs> yeah, the endless running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just will not stop making shows. Well, but that's because they make it for different reasons. I mean, American shows are made to make money. Yeah, British shows are made as part of the weird government the thing, cultural <laughs> enrichment. Well, because you you don't you don't. You uh, buy like a TV license and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, a lot like well, yeah, it's government sponsored, right? Government sponsored, and that changes. I mean, you would think y'all are gonna get a lot of propaganda because we've been trained to do that, but really, it's more along the lines of they're like, hey, we want to do like a six part thing, and it's all we want to do. And since they don't care about like milking it for all its work, right. work, they can be like, okay, do it. And that's why we only get one season of Ultraviolet. 
Not to get too political, but the basic support there kind of democratizes the whole. In a certain way, <laughs> yeah. Process. I mean, it's socialism too. Sure. It's an act of contempt for the audience. Filthy communists. We should just let everybody watch what they want and let the dollars decide. Mm. Mm. Creed, Creed I, is good. I just feel like that's going to be more people chasing gators in the swamp if we go there. <laughs> uh, I think we're already there. Ice road, alligator hunters, and, you know, uh, honey boo boo truckers. And, I don't yes, know. well, it's like the, that, that's what happened to TLC. TLC is the perfect example of what happens yeah. because TLC started as a government sponsored channel. Uh, and that's why it was. It started as a government channel. It was right. educational. Then it became somewhat sponsored, mm-hmm. and then it became completely independent. Right. And then Honey Boo Boo and right. I Show Truckers. I mean, yeah. you you don't have to look that hard to see what's going to happen. Fighting yeah. Bigfoot. <laughs> I was. No, that's a uh, that's not TLC. That's a uh, Animal Planet, which is another great example. Oh, yeah, another. Are you sure? Really? Yeah, Are you going to ask me? <laughs> I am on TLC that was the number seen. one. Wait, wait. I am the number one Finding Bigfoot <laughs> no, <you> fan <laughs> slash hater. Are you? <laughs> I've written blogs about this. The show that I hate watch. I don't hate watch a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I hate watch Finding. And I scream at the TV every time they do something like, well, that's pretty compelling. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just a person who said, I was driving and I saw a shadow. That's not a compelling Bigfoot story. Nope. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to drive, and you know what I'm going to see? Shadows all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God. Bigfoot's all over the place. <laughs> and pterodactyls. You're the guy, when they ask every five minutes, is that Bigfoot? You <laughs> no. Oh, it's my God. <laughs> I'm like, next, we discover something. Come here, you guys. <laughs> no. No, he just found a stick that looks like a turnip. You know, That's I'll admit, for the first eight seasons, I was like, they're definitely, <laughs> they got to have him next, found him next. Gotta be I can't believe one. they suppressed the information so long. Just for the season premiere. But this I was like, they have to do it. This is what they took away from the Moonlighting tease. That's it. You never... You <laughs> That's ne- it. You never oh my God. Kiss. They found Bigfoot and they were like, let me tell you about the David Addison rule. That's right. <laughs> this is David Maddie all over again. We show this. It now becomes found Bigfoot. And you know what that means? All of you are going home, and you're going to have to fill out your resumes, and you're going to have to try to get a job on Ice Road I Truckers. Keep, I keep picturing... Do you want to drive right. Ice Road Truckers? No. Do you want to try to catch crab in February? No, you don't, do you? Okay, then. The one's going to watch a season. I'm picturing, like... Bigfoot scratching his nuts. That's right. I picture now, like, Bigfoot really wanted to be found, yeah. and they keep pushing him off camera. Right. Here you guys, I'm over here. Clyde, you moved that microphone over that. to him. I swear to God, Clyde, I'm going to deck you in the face. You quit looking over there. Quit looking. That's not. Quit looking. Ignore him. Don't. Don't pay attention. He just wants you to do that. That's don't right. you do that. Cletus, you break that cast. You tell anybody about this. We're coming back to your house and we're going to burn down your your tin can dragon that you've been building for six years. Don't this test is, us. This is a we're TLC. <laughs> I feel like we've lost the. That's all right. It so, happens. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> it happens. I, I love it. It's it's a. It's, I find it, that a lot of movies we watch. Um, I remember liking them, but I like them way more than I remember. Yeah. Um, and that's what made them stick in our respective yeah. movies initially. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I think it's. I mean, part of it's be, being introspective and thinking about it, which is not happens a lot. Most people kind of just watch a movie and just experience, it, and that's cool, whatever. But it's weird to be like, oh, I'm kind of experiencing this. But when you're paying attention, you actually start cataloging what you like and don't like. Right. You get a, a more interesting experience. Uh, I, most people don't do that. I mean, I don't blame them for that. But it can be a little frustrating, as I've said before, where like somebody will say something like, oh, I hated that movie. And you're like, well, what did you hate about it? It was stupid. I'm like, that's not a critique. I need more. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I don't. I'm not discounting that you disliked it. I'm just saying I need more than uh, things were dumb. Or and then the opposite, even the same way. So I'm like, I really like that movie, and then you're like, well, what'd you like about it? Oh, it was fun. And I'm like, well, that. I'm sorry if that's your critique and that's how you sound. <laughs> There's some guy who's like, but I liked it. It was fun. Why is he making fun of me? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not correct. I feel bad. I feel bad about you. I feel like you're not making this any better. <laughs> no, no. But you know what I mean? It's interesting. And, you know, Mark and me as writers, but, you know, Scott, like one of the reasons I think we always have a good conversation is I think you do it too where we can talk sure. about it. Yeah. A little introspection's not a bad thing. No. no, definitely not. And especially when you're looking at something that... In this uh, modern era. That, that went against... I, I The other thing I like, I think it's a surprise. And, and I really, as a always going into films this might have been the first one i can think of that i was surprised at, at sort of what i got what i thought i was going to get wasn't what i got and i was okay with that yeah and, and i know people who like hate from dusk till dawn because it turns into a monster movie halfway through or uh you know, they have to wait until half the movies to get to the monsters. They're like, they're really bummed that it starts as one thing and ends as something else. I think people who were not giving to introspection maybe, can fall into this expectation trap. Maybe that's right? it, yeah. Where they expect yeah. a movie to be a certain thing, and when it's not, it's just too much. Yeah. And that and that can be tricky because, um, I mean, and you're right. And we, as we talked about, some of it's deceptive advertising anyway. I remember like a couple of years ago, there was that Hercules movie with uh, The Rock. Right. And, and in that movie... Like, I was kind of excited to see it because I was like, oh, there's going to be cool monsters and stuff. But that's all a lie. <laughs> they actually edited those trailers deliberately to lie to you. They even added special effects into those trailers to make it look like it was going to be a supernatural adventure movie. Now, the movie we got is sort of like, what if Hercules was the guy and he had a reputation and and how he managed it? Just a slob like one of us? Yes. <laughs> well, except for he's still, he's still really strong, but yes. Yeah. He's still a badass. Sure. Yeah. But the whole idea is that, like, none of the monsters are real. The monsters are all, like... Either legends that have been created about him, or exaggerations, or like the three-headed dog. He he thinks it's it's an image because of his, uh, his hallucination he had, and it's all good because I like it. It's a good movie. Yeah, but it's, it's the, the only reason I was able to do that is because about five minutes into it, I was like, well, the advertisers lied to me, not the movie makers. Right, <laughs> and I'm just going to take this movie at its value of what it's really trying to do, not what the advertisers lied to me about. Well, I just published a Castability Spell podcast. Yeah, and I was looking at the trailer. Yeah. And I was just, I watched it and I said, what movie is this? Cause right, because even, we just watched. <laughs> even the, uh, like, somebody's like, what? It's like, it's like Roger Rabbit, with, but with witches instead of tunes. <laughs> yeah. like, no. That's not even close. That's not even They close cut to together all the action scenes before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which That's, is just weird for that movie. Because it's not really an action movie. Yeah, no. it's a detective movie. I think yeah. you can lay a lot of failures for films at the feet of the marketing departments. Um I, I think they had a lot of successes for films that don't deserve it at the feet I, of the market. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and that's that's not to say there aren't bad movies. There are, but but uh, you know, managing those expectations, you know, uh, is, is part of it. And, and and it's okay to have a surprise. I, I think audience can handle one surprise, maybe two. You know, especially if it's like a murder mystery or, or there's a twisty turny plot. But but people are. You know, people who go into a movie expecting to see a murder mystery, and then it ends up being funny. They're like, "What?" Uh, or I equate it with like a like a book covers. You you may have this similar idea, which is as a writer, I don't really control my book covers, um, and so sometimes I like a cover even if it's not really true to what's inside the book mm -hmm. because it's true emotionally and tonally to what's sure. on the book. 
And then other ones uh, I don't like, not because, yeah, they don't really represent what's in the book. Like, so what? It's like the character might look different or the thing, but because they give a wrong impression. Right. And then you'll see somebody, like a lot of my books, especially some of my early, my early books with Tor, uh, people assume it's young adult. And I know it's partly because just the cover alone kind of says it. Now, again, I'm not saying the market was trying to do that. I'm just saying that it's really easy to give the wrong impression. Yeah. And then when somebody comes in, and as we talked about, I mean, you know, especially you and me as, as artists, I see that all the time where audiences have expectations and they don't want to adjust. And because they've had an expectation, if it's not met, the artist is wrong for not meeting it. And sometimes that's true because sometimes an artist is just doing a bad job. Yes. <laughs> You know, sometimes there's a comedy. I'm like, oh, you're trying to make a comedy. Oh, that's not very good. Right. <laughs> but other times you're like, well, that's not what you were doing. Yeah. And, 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 sure. and, and, and there's a difference between a movie that has a, like a false expectation set for it and one that takes a weird turn. <laughs> right. I think if you go into Hudson Hawk blind without having an expectation, the movie tells you pretty quick that this is going to be a fun romp. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, I mean, even the opening is like absolutely. Leonardo yeah. da Vinci. Not that's not him. That's just a guy on a donkey. That right there is, right. is the movie telling you. There you go. And and by the end of that sequence, uh, we get a Mona Lisa joke. Yes, know? the Mona Lisa, uh, the Mona Lisa joke, which cracked you two up. I was, I, I knew that was coming, but you, guys I forgot were, it. Yeah, oh, totally that's, forgot that. That's was great. That's great. I love the. It was the. It's the. It's the best Mona Lisa joke. The second best is in the Mr. Peabody movie. Yes, where. <laughs> Where uh, they get Mona Lisa to smile because, like, Mr. Peabody trips or something like that. I forget. Yeah, he's, trying to, yeah. he's trying to demonstrate comedy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Mm. Yeah, this movie's got some inter- – and it's got some interesting precursors. And I, 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 I joked about it before. But um, there's a – there's a the Leonardo da Vinci sequence at the beginning of the movie is very steampunk. I mean, it, it, very steampunk. Uh, in fact, at one point, Leonardo puts on goggles for. That's right. <laughs> I mean, like straight up and down goggles. The only know. thing that pe- everyone agrees is really steampunk. Right, it's goggles. Mean, well, if you need, yet... if, you, if you didn't have a signifier, here it is, right here. <laughs> but I will say, and I still repeat this: just because you put goggles in your hat doesn't make it steampunk. That's right. <laughs> But in this case, he's got a big Baroque he machine. Does. It's got moving parts, and and it does something. You know, uh, I, I won't tell you what. You'll Spoilers. figure that out. <laughs> but but then later, uh, when Hudson is trying to get a cappuccino, he's he they've got a cappuccino machine that's the most ornate, <laughs> unwieldy. I mean, it's a four foot tall brass canister. With with vents and valves and stuff coming off of the thing, it looks like the heart of the narwhal <laughs> from uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Beneath the Sea. It's just this crazy thing, and of course he can't make it work, and the thing, you know, explodes in a cloud of steam. I think there's a lot of stuff that people saw the movie and thought, well, you know what, I'll just I'll just take this one thing. <laughs> nobody else, nobody's seen Hudson Hawk except me, so clearly I'm the only one. I think I think. A lot of stuff gets borrowed, you know. Now uh, there's there's the there's the even twin. society. There's somebody was watching and going like cappuccino. I bet I could make some money off of that <laughs> goat cheese pizza. <laughs> They're gentrifying neighborhoods in in New York City. That's crazy talk. Uh, there's twins in the movie. There's villainous twins that, that are straight out of the Matrix. Uh, I mean, even their suit. Yeah, their suits. You know, they've. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, I'm just saying, if you if you if you go into it looking for signposts from the from like the last you know like 15 20 years of popular culture, you're gonna find a lot of stuff to like about Hudson Hawk. There's no new ideas. 
Yeah, there are no no there are no <laughs> new ideas, and apparently uh, Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello had the last one. <laughs> After that, they were like they were like, oh, so we can do heist to the you know using the songs as as our as our as our timekeeping device. Brilliant. What's left? That's it. Fuck it. We're done. <laughs> That's all we're doing. You got your one. How would you like to swing on a star? And by the way, that's pretty good. Just, just, just let me just say this out loud. Because here's the one technical thing that I have a problem with. Well, just in case any of you out there were thinking he needs to be quiet, (laughs) the version of "Swinging on a Star" that they sing is not five minutes long. Well, it's it's not five and change, okay? It's like it's like three thirty one. It's I mean, it's not even. It's, yeah, well, the bomb in James Bond usually is not detonating in thirty seconds. Well, that's true. It's movie magic. It is movie magic. <laughs> in, in movie magic, three thirty one becomes five and some change. All right, whatever. It's you know, it wasn't the. You're right. You ruined the movie for me. I, it's done. I can't believe it. I actually, I kind of think that they used the uh, for the for the chorus the the guys from Follow the Bouncing Ball from the. Harvey Tunes. There's a, I'm just saying, there's a chorus in there that's kind of interesting. Anyways, <laughs> I think I've said too much. Sorry. I feel like yeah, I here's to... the thing that's fascinating. I don't know the real words of that song. I know the words for the Out of This World sitcom <laughs> that used the alien lyrics for that song. Wow. Wow, really? Yes, somehow <laughs> that infiltrated my brain. Oh, it's like it's awesome. like when you start singing like American Pie and I start doing Anakin Guy. <laughs> it's just like oh. like someone's like so he's like singing that song. I'm just like an earthling's a creature, strange as can be. He's not as unique as you or me. Ooh, yeah, that's great! <laughs> wow, that's funny. It's definitely a few weird L songs. That's what, and that's what pop culture is good for, you know, to remind you that there was actually something before the yeah, other thing sure. you were into, you know. Uh, I, I know. The Simpsons have taught me a lot about oh, yeah. <laughs> the past. Every bit of opera I know comes from Bugs Bunny. You know what I mean? Uh, well, not every bit, but but like all of my on ramps to opera are from you know, the Barber of Seville and you know uh, the Ring of the Knee. Well, it's like it's like hearing the Lone Ranger, the William Tell Overture. Nobody said the William Tell Overture. They're like, oh, the Lone Ranger song, right? The Lone Ranger theme, duh. Gateway opera, and it doesn't even. And it, there's not even any lyrics. It's just dun dun dun. dun. No, like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> and, and in my head, I always see on the TV Clayton Moore. That's right. Over that horse, riding silver like he's like he's being chased by werewolves. I mean, that thing. He's just going so fast on that horse. It's like that poor horse. Silver. Like, like silver can take it. <laughs> silver can't take it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting Sil- about silver? Silver was a ball. Silver was the gr- great horse. Yeah, a serious horse. Uh, he didn't have the tricks that Scout had. No, it's because he was business. That's right. He was all business. <laughs> Scout's like a- all flesh. There's this character called the uh, uh, in comics. Uh, he's he's an obscure Marvel character, one of the more obscure cowboys, the Black Rider. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like. I like. There's one re- one comic they did where they did like a new one. It was a one shot, and he had his horse, and his horse, like he calls his horse over, and it like comes out of the stable, and he jumps on it, and they go, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like cowboy superheroes, you cannot go wrong. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Super intelligent horse, uh, and all you use him for is to, is to park him under the hay bale, <laughs> so that when you jump out of the barn on fire, he's right there. That's why my favorite other horse is the the one in the Phantom. Yes, where her, the horse go, the wolf go tells the horse where to go. Right. Oh, it's right. a great. It's like right. yeah, devil's running that whole operation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody else is just kind of following along after the wolf. 
And of course, Briscoe County Jr. had his horse. Yes. Well, I can't remember his name was horse. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. I watched Briscoe County. I need oh. to go rewatch those. Yeah, his those horse are, is super those smart, too. wonderful. So, can't believe we forgot the horses. Huh? <laughs> I've, it's been so long since I've seen Briscoe County Jr. Although it does have Darius Rucker. Not Darius Rucker. Darius. Oh, whatever his name is, the guy who was uh, shown up. Hootie and the Blowfish. I always say Darius Rucker because oh, that's oh. the guy. I get the wrong guy. Yeah. Because uh, in uh, we did Last Dragon. Oh right, yeah. Show enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's the baddest? And Show he's enough. he was in he was Lord Bowler in that. I always say Darius Rucker. I don't know why. It's just in my brain. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, what talking about. now you are familiar with the Hootie and the Blowfish, yes? The band. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So we've got I'm, a. Ba- I'm just. I'm aware that they're a musical. I'm just getting a baseline set. in. As well. <laughs> okay. Just trying to. All right. We spent a lot of time not talking about specifics about the movie. Uh, um. We can spin the wheel of metaphors. I guess. <laughs> you want to spin the wheel? Of- Go ahead. Do it. Do sure. It. It's going to be communism, and I will explain. Oh. All right. Very squeaky. You can just read it to us. We can accept it. We All right. Fine. You know the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're. We we'll trust this. you. All right. I was trying to be inclusive. Eh, it's fine. Not so much. They're on the other side of the table from me. It's like a. It's like you already have your own podcast. <laughs> Scott there. was like, "Can I come over there?" No, no. This is the cool side of the table. There's no room. Tell me three facts about obscure comic book something something. something Rom something. the space not fi- fight fought who. Direct. A. There you go. See? There you go. That's why we're I buds. Don't even, I don't even need. I don't even need the list. You don't I need it. You're gonna give me a multiple choice. I was gonna give. Well, I was gonna give Scott a oh, shot. Like sure, sure. chance. And one of them was gonna be wrong, like completely wrong, so that he could yeah. save him. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was gonna put something like you know the xenomorphs, and it'd be right. like okay. The common Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the part of the show where we spin the wheel. Let's spin yes. it. To decide what the movie was a metaphor of. All right. For. It's the suspense that gets me. <laughs> running of the Bulls. <laughs> have we done Running of the Bulls before? I think we have. All right. Try one more. I almost said the Nixon administration. We can oh. do that. Oh, the Nixon administration. <laughs> oh, um, I can totally. I can do Nixon administration. Yeah, there sure. you go. Um, well, the CIA character, uh, George, uh, by, uh, which is the James Coburn character, uh, represents that last of the... Uh, I mean, he even and, says specifically, I miss communism. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the last of the invincible CIA. He's literally... Uh, this is uh, the, the movie takes place post-Cold War, but he's still living like it's the 1960s, and it's not an accident <laughs> that they used James Coburn, who was in very oh, successful no. Flint movies uh, where he fought communists. <laughs> so the whole thing is clear. It was obviously intended they cast him so that you would have that association when you watch it. And this whole notion of, you know, uh, you know, I got laid every night. That was that was totally the wild and swinging 60s. So... Uh, all these spooks are out of work now because the, the walls come down. And so they're up to no good. Whereas in the Nixon administration, these guys all had jobs. They had security. They were actively involved in counter uh, uh, espionage. They were and uh, the arrogant American, Hudson Hawk, is, is the fly in their ointment. <laughs> you know, he's, he's this new style yuppie sort of guy. He's, he's slick. He's polished. He doesn't care anything for their politics, 
and 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 he's got a grudge against them because he, ungrateful he, hippie. <laughs> he was the guy. He was the guy that uh, went to prison. Uh, he he gave Hudson Hawk the job that sent him up. Uh, they established that right away. He got his face changed, and that's another uh, telling point. He changes his face in the movie because communism is dead, the Cold War is over, but the CIA guys are still around, and they're still needing stuff to do. Just wearing different faces. That's right. That's right. Uh, they're going to find another bad guy. They're going to manufacture another bad guy. And in this case, if they can get their hands on the gold reserves, they can manipulate the market. They can actually put us into a state of perpetual war. If, if everything's unstable, they're needed again, you see. They, they, they don't have communism, so they're going to manufacture communism. They're going to build a and, new Cold War. And that's, uh, I mean, Nixon manufactured, like, that's why we, are, we still have marijuana being illegal, because he wanted a reason to fight the, the, beaten, the hippies and the, the black people. Because they was like, I mean, they even, when the FDA was like, the, like the, it was like uh, the, the Drug Enforcement Administration, like, these are not dangerous drugs. There actually is a memo that came out that said, like, we really need a reason to crack down on hippies and black people, so we're going to keep marijuana illegal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There you go. It's done. 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 <laughs> Handled. QED. <laughs> QED. <laughs> See? It always works. Nixon it always works. Jeez, we haven't come up with a bad metaphor yet. Nope. <laughs> so would you recommend it to your audience? I absolutely would. Go see Hudson. I, I would. I think it's it's. I actually I, we talked about this, but I think even its successes, I think, have aged better. Yeah. Um, partly because I think, and, we, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but sometimes just through time, something becomes more of an artifact, and that kind of gives it some help. I think mm-hmm. a lot of movies we watch age well, also, right? Because they don't rely on you know pop culture or well, that's true too. Parlance of the. Current era, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, although I did really like the cappuccino joke. Oh, sure, <laughs> just because it's inadvertently really hilarious <laughs> and a, and a running joke all the way through it, right? Which is nice. Yes, yeah. the uh, the cappuccino joke about he wants cappuccino and he's just like, oh, you like those? Oh, you like those European coffees? Yeah, I can't <laughs> like believe, he's a weirdo. I, I can't believe you still like that feminine European drink. <laughs> <laughs> feminine European drink. I just ordered. I just ordered a caramel macchiato before I got here. You know, a large one. I, I love the idea. There's a, like there's a part where he says this. It has the perfect amount of foam. <laughs> and at that time, everyone would be like, oh, he's so silly. But now, like half the audience would be like. Oh no! Oh no! That's some bullshit right there. God, I hate it when that happens. Danny Aiello, learn to drive, man. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. So the, part, yeah. the movies we watch, they don't have a lot of. Uh, they're careful to avoid things that date a movie. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Right, and when they are dated, it can still be kind of fun. I, um, sure. Yeah, I, I think outside of the fashions. Right. You know. Yeah. Honestly, because some of the it looks really more like a late '80s than an early '90s movies, and I know I'm probably splitting hairs here, but well, it's about that time because yeah. yeah. you know, like Xanadu is like uh, '80s, like like 1980, so right. it's like on the edge of '70s mm-hmm. and '80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> and 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 babyface David Caruso Getting for the old. win. <laughs> that's right. <dude. laughs> Getting old. I know, man. Hey, it's little David Caruso. <laughs> little David. <laughs> I mean, look at him. He, I mean, he doesn't have the pock marks. He doesn't have the stress lines. He doesn't have. <laughs> well, he's playing such a different character too. He's still got hope because he he's because he's playing sort of like a goofy character. Yeah, like he's he's still quiet and in like, but but it's also kind of like this. This movie will make you a David Caruso fan if you were never a David Caruso. He's fan. good. He's good at it. It's it. It may be my favorite thing that he's in. 
And I've seen all the Linda Fiorentino movies, even the ones where she's naked for like half the film, and I still like him better in this Oh, one. yeah. What was the one? There was like... Jade. 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 That's right. That's right. There was a period of time where she couldn't be in a movie unless she was naked and yeah. having sex. A lot more gratuitous nudity pre-internet. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now you can get it anytime you want. Yeah. yeah. It used to be a sanctioned... That's right. Sanctioned softcore. <laughs> it's what I've said before. Like, I can't imagine, like, I don't have kids, but I can't imagine, like, having a kid now and being worried about them, like, oh my hearing God. a swear word <laughs> or, like, looking at a boob. Because it'd be like, well, of course, I mean, well, I've got sensors on my computer. Yes, and they're never going to get to any other computer and right. type in boob. Yeah, there's a... Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Your security measures, parents, are only as good... As the really shitty kid that your friend is with. <laughs> uh, you just got to hope that they're not too scared by whatever weird stuff they have across. Well, that's what I mean. I'd rather just like, hey, let's just go watch some stuff. It's okay. You're going to see it. Because <laughs> yeah. like, weird. It's, it's the weird thing to be like, oh, my God, they heard the word butt. And like, I knew a parent that was like, I hate when they, like the Powerpuff Girls, she'd like, oh, but they use the words like butt. I'm like, yeah, the worst thing your kid has ever heard is butt. <laughs> that he has never You're watched an internet so video yeah. ever. Ever. There's a cat video right now that has like, like, is the cute oh, little cutie kid? Motherfucking cutest kitty in the world. Oh, you know. <laughs> I really, I really feel like I brought the language to this one as well, too. I feel well, that's because this is the R-rated Hudson Hawk skin. It is. I think this is the thing. That's the thing I forgot most about Hudson Hawk. And I think that is uh, uh, interesting is it's an R-rated comedy that was it's kind of on the edge of that was going to be gone for a while. Yeah. Because for a long time it was PG-13. And this could have easily been PG-13. You just cut out some of the swearing. Mm -hmm. You're done. Put tone down the violence a little bit, but not that much because violence, you can blow up a million people as long as you don't say fuck. Yeah, we but, talked about. they. It seems like they couldn't quite make up their mind. Yes. Which yeah. way they want to go on. Vaseline. All right. My, my, my question for you two. If we were going to make this a PG-13 movie and you knew you only... <laughs> You could keep one instance of the F word, <laughs> not the go fuck yourself, which they clearly edited over. You may get to that later, folks. Uh, but but what F bomb <laughs> in the movie do you keep? I've got mine. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a cappuccino related one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think it's the first time in the car when he says of the uh, parole officer. Yeah. He calls him a yeah. That one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It no? was yours. What's yours, Mark? At the end of the movie, when Danny Aiello comes out, and, <laughs> and he says, we saw you fall in a crash. And he goes, this is what I do. Airbags, can you believe it? Yeah, but how come you're not fiery chunks of uh, meat on the side of the road? Sprinkler system in the back of the car. Can you fucking believe it? That's where I would have put it. Because, yes, because that's an intensifier off the joke. Right. And, that, right. and it's the it's the perfect place. It's also at the end of the movie, so you stick the dismount. That was an appropriate fuck, sir. I am you know, available for editing <laughs> consultation. That last bit is so great. It is. <laughs> I remembered I remembered it, but I didn't remember how like it's, that's one of those things where it's just like this is really stupid, but you really sold it. Yeah. Like they really sell that where it's just like, yeah, that's probably what happened. And I, <laughs> They're going back and forth over the goofiness line, yeah. and sometimes it works, and sometimes... But that last so one is but, perfect. Yeah. Drink, drink your coffee, you know? We didn't really go into the movie in detail. Is there any particular scene that you want to talk about real quickly? Like like a highlight scene? Mm. I, I I enjoyed... I have to say, I enjoyed the scenes with Andy McDowell as the 
Secret Agent Nun mm-hmm. and the father. Oh, I really yeah, liked them. Good. He was a really good. And I love that line where it's just like, the Pope told me never to trust the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some good quotable things in this right. movie. Yes. I also like, um, I like the first robbery. Like with yeah. the, I think it's, it's, it shouldn't work, but it does. I love that heist set to swing on a star with both of them singing back and forth. And, uh, and there's some really cool, uh, there's just some fun, um, I'll, I, to me, that's where we, if you didn't already get it, this is Hudson Hawk in trickster mode. Yes. You know, like when, when he, the guard goes through the revolving door and he's coming in on the other yes. side, that's genius, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, and the, and the fact that they're, that they're singing as they do it is, is, you know, this cavalier, you know, kind of thing. Um, right, and I do love the, uh, the other element that we didn't, mechanism. you know, if we talk about specifics, but I love the idea that like all his heists are done via like regular stuff. Yeah. Like that shouldn't work. Or he's just like, he spends a day going to the Vatican right. and has a list and it's just like pocket fisherman, <laughs> Western <fisherman>. oil. <laughs> and, and I love that the CIA guy's like, hmm, all right, make this happen. You know what I mean? It's like, he knows. Yeah. That's why, that's why we have this guy. If you're looking for a movie to impress your hipster friends with yeah. that they probably haven't seen. <laughs> this is going to do it. And, 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 when they, and when they go Hudson Hawk, there's only one proper answer and that's, you haven't seen it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta lead with, you gotta lead with that sub vocal, and then you haven't seen it. That's right. Put the pressure on people. Uh, I guess we need some plugs. If you have anything that you'd like to tell the people about, oh yeah, um, definitely your podcast, The Gentleman Nerds. Yes, uh, you can. We'll find put a, we'll put a link on it, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. thanks. You can find us at thegentlemannerds.com. Uh, I uh, am an indolent tweeter. Um, but I do have a, uh, a Facebook page where I will occasionally post uh, for my um, my blog, Mark the Aging Hipster, and uh, I usually write about pop culture stuff, superheroes, and yeah, you got a good, you like got a, you don't write a lot on your blog, but when you do, it's really interesting. Yeah, and, and I uh, you had a really that really interesting piece about superheroes, which I sort of only I agree with the premise. I don't agree with all the the the, the slice you're doing against the classics of superhero fiction. I understand, but and, and, and we're well, still friends. We, yeah, and, we, and we've agreed to disagree on a lot of that. <laughs> no, I don't agree to that. Oh, well, you, oh, you didn't agree to. <laughs> well, I've agreed that I'll let you not agree. Oh boy, it's very so confusing. See? <laughs> But yeah, it's always you got some really good posts, and I you. think it's good. It's a good book. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. I, and I appreciate you guys indulging me uh, for Hudson Hawk. Uh, uh, it was good to watch it. I have not seen it since it was on video cassette. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I like we'd like to talk. Uh, Mark shows up with his DVD, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I brought a DVD." I was like, "Ooh, that's a whole professional level." And then we put it in, and it's just like it's worse than the Long Kiss Goodnight. <laughs> it was just a picture of an exploding ambulance. <laughs> a button and say play movie <laughs> play feature <laughs> that's it nothing there was no extra there was no, there was yeah. no music hey go go find moonlighting all of you guys <laughs> go watch just watch the first season no watch the second wait watch it up to Mark Harmon because it's it's fun to watch Mark Harmon when he was like you know like young and, and really cool was Mark Harmon ever cool god I love this show so much I don't know <laughs> I, I I'm not objective. Uh, there's about a little it. movie called Summer School. Oh, Summer School is one of the greatest '80s movies. <laughs> Underappreciated, overlooked. What's wrong with you people? This is why we exist. Um, you know, we didn't decide what movie we were going to do next. No, we didn't. 
What movie are we doing next? I well, guess Summer School. <laughs> no, we're not doing. <laughs> well, we ran out of ideas. Uh, look at the do you want to? You want to pick? Do you really have a list? You oh, should yeah. have a list. You yeah. should have a list. Of course, we have a list, and it should have three or four new movies on it since this podcast is uh, started. Yeah, it keeps adding. <laughs> we uh, did the editing. Oh, I, oh, I see. Sure, I got you. I got you. I'm picking a bunch of. Uh, you know what? We did have uh, a request from uh, writer Peter Klein, a good friend of mine. Oh yeah. Uh, do crawl. Oh, we can definitely do crawl. You want to do crawl? Let's sure. do crawl. Rel the Cyclops. Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. The beast. <laughs> the beast. I love the beast. Okay. I love the beast flying through space in his magic space castle <sighs> to conquer conquer planets. And I'm just like, that's badass, dude. <laughs> I did. I did crawl. This is high fantasy. I, I, I did crawl wrong. Uh, the video. <laughs> The the, the the arcade game dropped at my oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At my skinny's uh convenience store before the movie got there. And so I was playing crawl and like <laughs> loving it and, and and then when I realized that this was gonna be a movie, my head exploded. <laughs> Like and, and I now know. Oh, they made the game based on the movie. But in my head, it was like this. This game has been here for two weeks, and now it's a movie. And I think I may have talked myself out of it as watching them film because I because again I came in with a totally different set of expectations. Yes. Uh, but but that's that's a podcast for another time. And one I won't be on, but you can bet I'm going to be listening to it. And you should, too. <laughs> so until then, he's Scott. He's Lee. And he was Mark. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Let's just start. <laughs> we'll just do the intro, but we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. All right. What's the intro? All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. I'm going to do he's Scott. He's, he's Lee. Lee. And, then, and then we'll say... Uh, and Mark's here. Mark's here. <laughs> and then and then we say we do our part. We're like with the episode, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll introduce you. Okay. And you will we'll ask you, you know, talk to yourself, okay. put some your plug stuff, whatever you want to do. Cool. Sure. Okay. It's All right. It's free form, man. That's right. However you feel like jamming. <laughs> it's like jazz, man. <laughs> Anybody done, can do it. Ever done beat poetry? <laughs> <laughs> it's just modern art. It's fucking easy. <laughs> it's a sploosh. It's so, so easy a child to do it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, are we PG thirteen or R? No, go for it. Okay, go for the gold. I <laughs> mark our stuff as explicit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're never worried about that. All right, good deal. All right. <laughs> and this is Hudson Hawk. You know, one of the right. The I mean, it's R, which it, is weird. That's R, one of the weirdest R for things. language. That's what it said. R for oh. language. All right. Don't so back. Drop those fucking f bombs. <laughs> All right. Done and done. So <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. And, and Mark is here. <laughs> we missed it. Shut up. All right. Try again. Okay.